This is the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Wishing you the happiest of holidays. It's the season to be married. This is Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Well, hello there, and welcome to this edition of the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Back from a long vacation, a well-deserved Thanksgiving break. For those of you new to the program, and I see we've got several, several new areas in which this program is being heard, welcome to the Truth Hurts Program. My name is Steve Z, and I host this little excursion into fact-finding, truth-telling, and the exposing of the lies of the left, the Democratic Party double standard, and the criminal activities of those currently in power. It is Monday, the 27th day of October, 2023, and I want to start out with an apology. Yes, my friends, unlike many other people in the mainstream leftist, progressive, liberal, woke news media, I will apologize to you when I am wrong. As you all know, I don't just watch the Fox News channel to gather my information. I read, I watch, I research countless publications, websites, news programs, and other publications each and every day as I prepare for this excursion into giving you the truth no matter how much that truth might hurt you or me. That's why the program is called The Truth Hurts Program. Sometimes I'm forced to hold my nose and review hundreds of articles from sites at CNN, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, ABC, HLN, Sky News, BBC, Al Jazeera, China News, Newsmax, News Nation, newspapers and other podcasts. Now that said, last week while I was driving around I heard on three different networks on the radio that just around Thanksgiving, there was a supposed terrorist attack on the Rainbow Bridge near Niagara Falls in New York. I reported what I heard, and I did not do my due diligence to research all of the available information. And I say available information because immediately the response on these major networks was, Oh God, a terrorist attack has been thwarted due to a high-speed car chase in which two men died in a fiery explosion. This was obviously going to be terrorism. I want to apologize if I alarmed you, if I caused you any increased heart rate, any type of irritation, agitation, aggravation. That said, last week when I reported what I was given as accurate information at the time of a terrorist attack at the Rainbow Bridge near Niagara Falls, it appears right now that it was not a terrorist attack. Remember, I gathered this information from the likes of CBS News Online, on the radio, Fox News on the Fox affiliates, and other outlets. As many of you were, as I was, convinced that the explosion could have been a terrorist attack, Now, news sources are saying it may not have been. It appears, as evidence is gathered and analyzed, that the information may have been premature or even erroneous. And for this, again, I apologize if I was incorrect. Not many, if any, of the outlets out there who reported the same thing are apologizing. They're out there excuse-making, scapegoating, blame-gaming each other for the reporting that caused many Americans, including myself, to jump to the conclusion that this was a terrorist act. And now that is proven so far to be unconfirmed. Fox News Channel host Howard Kurtz suggested that all media outlets are to blame after Fox was one of many who reported that the crash on the New York Bridge was likely 
terrorist in nature. On his Sunday program, Media Buzz, Kurtz let off his criticism of the coverage with clips from MSNBC and CNN, and a couple of clips from his own Fox News channel, the coverage of the, quote, terror attack, unquote, on the Rainbow Bridge. The speculation began, Kurtz said, the cable news networks went wall to wall when a car exploded on a bridge on the New York side of Niagara Falls. It is the classic example of a media rush to judgment. He apologized, if any were riled up by this repeating of information that was widely broadcasted by so-called credible sources. It now appears that the explosion on the bridge may not have had any ties to terrorism, but it's still under investigation. So again, unlike many on the leftist, progressive, liberal, woke, mainstream side of media, I apologize if I said something. Thank you. That was not correct. This is the Truth Hurts program. Pot, meat, kettle. Pot in this case is gropey Joe Biden. Kettle in this particular case is Vladimir Putin. Hell, kettle could be any foreign leader that Joe Biden tries to use as a scapegoat or a diversion from his own mishandling of our country, the inhumane running of these United States of America. Kim Jong-un? Sure, small pot-bellied kettle. Xi Jinping? Yep, bigger kettle. Hell, any foreign leader who has crappy issues with poverty, hunger, child labor violations, massive taxes, government curtailments of freedoms like speech, religion, assembly. Uh-oh, Joe Biden needs to look deeply into the mirror the glass-mirrored house before he tosses any stones at Vladimir Putin. The glass walls might just be rubber, Joe Biden, and you might as well be glue. An article today on the web from EssaNews.com entitled, Joe Biden Accuses Putin of Repeating Stalin's Inhumane Policies, made me chuckle. Now, I could go deep into the article, but suffice to say, Joe Biden should not be accusing Putin of anything, unless and until Joe Biden gets his own house in order. Gropey Joe Biden, in a statement issued on Saturday, the Day of Remembrance for the Victims of the Great Famine, stressed that Stalin's inhumane policy led to the deaths of millions of Ukrainians, and he pointed out that it is Putin who is resorting to this weapon again. Ninety years ago, Joseph Stalin and the Soviet regime enforced a policy so cruel that it resulted in the famine-triggered deaths of millions of innocent people in Ukraine. Today, in the 21st century, according to Biden, Vladimir Putin is repeating the attack on food security. These are the words voiced to the world by gropey Joe Biden, the feeble-minded president of the United States, marking the day of remembrance for the victims of the Great Famine 90 years ago. Biden claims that the unfolding events are not just an attack on Ukraine's economic security, it is a cynical blow to global food security. He said, quote, Putin is inflicting harm upon the world's most vulnerable communities to advance Russia's benefit, unquote. He reiterated the United States' dedication to prevent suffering, protect fundamental freedoms, and respond to human rights violations wherever and whenever they occur. And he guaranteed the U.S. will continue to aid Ukraine in their battle for sovereignty and independence. More and more and more and more of your hard-earned tax dollars will be spent on this money laundering scheme of the Biden crime family, this blackmail payoff to the stand-up comedian Zelensky? You heard it here, folks. This is the Truth Hurts program. Meanwhile, gropey Joe Biden, the pedophile, the supporter of all things aberrant and queer, has decided to spend over a quarter of a billion of your tax dollars on the military. 
Finally, right? He's spending money on the military, yes! Wrong. He won't be spending the reported $270 million on tanks or bullets or even upgraded food rations for our soldiers, sailors, airmen, grunts. Nope. According to Claire O'Hare in the publication State of the Union, the groper in cheat, gropey Joe Biden, will be shelling out a whole bunch of your tax money on his diversity agenda. According to the article, Joe Biden's Department of Defense, DOD, plans to spend nearly $270 million on diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility initiatives through fiscal years 23 and 24. The DOD's increased spending on this DEIA initiative has been criticized for promoting critical racist theory and woke ideology, which is exactly what it does. There are concerns about the impact that these initiatives will have on the military's focus on readiness and the ability to be lethal when needed. In a leaked document from the Department of Defense, Spencer Lindquist posted on X, formerly Twitter, a new so-called diversity glossary, which blames white Europeans for triggering terms such as settler colonialism and attacks white fragility and warns of trans misogyny. And before I get into the glossary, I want to break down those trigger terms listed in this disgusting waste of taxpayer money. White fragility? Why is it then that the white Europeans are all the most powerful people on planet Earth? How fragile are these white folks that they run the major corporations? They run the major countries. They run the major militaries. Hmm? How about settler colonialism? From the dawn of time, mankind has sought to expand their horizon, their territory, their property, their little piece of land. Tribal mentality, such as the uncivilized savages in Africa, India, and other places, even here in the land now called the good old USA, was the way of the world as far back as history itself goes. When the Umbutu tribe wanted the land and women of the Motisa tribe in Africa, the Umbutos savagely slaughtered the Motisa men, raped and took the women and children as their own. Same with the Navajo, the Blackfoot, the Cherokee, all of those Native American tribes. Of course, if you read in the school books, those Native Americans were just peaceful tribes, all coexisting, just like those blue people in the movie Avatar. They wouldn't hurt a soul. The fact is, they were savagely murdering each other, taking their women, taking their children, in uncivilized, uneducated, tribal mentality. Now my question is, why are there no programs out there to point out the slaughters that were committed by the blacks in Africa and the brown-skinned people throughout the history of our world? The answer is quite simple, my Truth Hurts program listeners. It doesn't sell books. It doesn't check off the diversity wish list box of the left. And because pointing out facts about the dark-skinned people murdering each other, stealing one another's land, doesn't lend credence to the anti-white man designs that the left has set out as their new mission in life. But as I pointed out earlier, strangely enough, it is still old white European descendants who are heading up all of these programs and these new initiatives. Kind of makes you think. So without further ado, this is the P65 DEI glossary of the Department of Defense. DEI, of course, diversity, equity, and inclusiveness. It reads, the following is a glossary of terms and language commonly used in dialogue regarding diversity, equity, inclusion, and social justice to be used as a reference. 
It is by no means a comprehensive list, and in every context, the meaning of these words may change and evolve. Remember that part, folks. This glossary and its definitions provide a starting point for engaging in open and honest conversation and is a tool meant to build a shared language of understanding. If there is a term or language that you feel should be referenced in the glossary, please feel free to submit it to the DLP65 underscore DEI team for consideration. They're paying people and a lot of money to develop this garbage. It continues, below are core diversity-related work terms. Diversity, the combination of differences that makes people unique. Well, if that isn't an oxymoron. Workforce diversity. Workforce diversity is a collection of individual attributes that together help agencies pursue organizational objectives efficiently and effectively. The next term is equitable. Characterized by fairness, just, honest, and free from bias. Whereas equality means providing the same to all, equity means recognizing that we do not all start from the same place and must acknowledge and make adjustments to imbalances. The process is ongoing, requiring us to identify and overcome intentional and unintentional barriers rising from bias or systematic and systemic structures. Inclusion or inclusion culture, the next terms, refers to a culture that connects each employee to the organization, encourages collaboration, flexibility, and fairness, and leverages diversity through the organization so that all employees are able to participate and contribute to their full potential. This thing goes on and on. It has ableism, prejudiced thoughts, or discriminatory actions based on differences in physical, mental, and or emotional ability. And the next term listed, accessibility, refers to the intentional design or redesign of technology, policies, products, and services, to name a few, that increase one's ability to use, access, and obtain the respective item. Each person, regardless of ability status, is afforded the opportunity to acquire the same information, engage in the same interactions, and enjoy the same services in an equally effective and equally integrated manner with substantially equivalent ease of use. Although this may not result in identical ease of use, separate but equal, any person with a disability must be able to obtain information to which they are otherwise permitted to access in a timely manner as fully equally and independently as a person without a disability. Now this was actually published May 6th of 2022 in the unclassified section. There are some other items here involved in this process. DEIA has impacts on both the department's workforce and its mission, and therefore it should be examined beyond the traditional human resources lens by which it historically has been viewed. That's what it says right there in the plan. It points to the department's attempt to, quote, institutionalize the advancement of diversity, equity, inclusiveness, and accessibility, and the value of diversity to the department's mission, unquote. Veteran of the United States military and House of Representatives member Mike Waltz of Florida stated, quote, our military is not focused on lethality. They're focused on diversity and climate. That's going to result in our enemies not fearing us and respecting us as they should, unquote. 
These are the facts, my friends. They're indisputable. And we, the USA, are now weaker because of Joe Biden's sick, twisted, aberrant lifestyle-supporting programs. I have no issue whatsoever, my Truth Hurts program listeners, in installing a ramp so folks in a wheelchair can get up and into a building that's elevated from the ground. I do, however, take issue with having to provide transgender specialty restrooms at a cost of millions and millions of dollars because some fairy, fairy fruit pants decides he wants to stick a tampon in his rectum and pretend to be a woman. This is the Truth Hurts program. Bidenomics is the main reason that food banks nationwide are finding the cupboards bare. Empty Shelves Joe has struck again as food pantries nationwide are begging for donations to feed the poor, hungry Americans who simply cannot make ends meet under Biden's three years of inflation. The demand for local food banks is increasing due to the soaring prices impacting lower-income families, and all of us really, under President Joe Biden's so-called Bidenomics. Soaring inflation has led to a higher percentage of people who are struggling to afford food many forced to find alternative ways to feed their families. Breitbart News posted on X, formerly Twitter, a fact check on the White House claiming that prices are going down thanks to Bidenomics. The White House's claim, Bidenomics is working because prices are going down. The verdict, according to the Breitbart fact check, false. Quota hire, French dip, the little black lesbian female in charge of White House spokesmanship falsely a claim that the costs are on the decline. But the fact is, costs are still rising. They're just not rising as fast as they were last year. But nothing has gone down to pre-Biden levels. Gasoline prices are still double what they were when Donald Trump was president. Food costs are still massively higher. Oh, you don't believe me? Try an order from the dollar menu at any fast food joint. You'll finally realize there is no dollar menu. Hell, even Dollar Tree is now buck 25 minimum tree. Wake up, Americans. You are being lied to. A Biden economic advisor is pointing to inflation and job trends as good signs, despite voters' dissatisfaction. Fox Business reports, Biden's economic advisor on Sunday said inflation and employment trends are moving in the right direction, despite many Americans voicing disapproval of Biden's mishandling of our economy. Jared Bernstein is the chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors, and he appeared on Fox News Sunday, stating he wanted to add nuance to the chorus of American voters who say they're continuing to struggle with high prices. In other words, he wants to do an end around. He wants to put a Biden spin on the fact that Americans' wallets and savings accounts are emptier, their credit card debt is higher, and they're having to do without. But here's what Bernstein said to host Shannon Bream on Sunday, quote, The question needs to be, in regards to all these polls you cited, are we are moving in a direction that will reach the American people, give them more buying power, and continues to see actual declines in gas prices. Now I'm going to stop for a moment. Gas prices have gone down 25 cents a gallon. But they more than doubled since Biden took office. 25 cents a gallon drop and prices are still double what they were when Donald Trump was in office, is not a decline. It's not a meaningful decline in any way, shape, fashion, manner, or form. In the latest news poll through Fox asking Americans about their view of the state of our economy, 
only 29% of respondents claim the economy is starting to turn around. 67% of those polled think the worst is yet to come. Black Friday was significantly higher in total dollars, but when you consider that the price of everything is more than 17% higher on average since Biden took office, people are getting less and paying more for it. Bernstein said while consumers are the best arbiters of their economic conditions, a more realistic picture has to consider consumers' actions. And yes, perhaps some Americans are out there spending money because they know they won't have it to spend next year. So this year, they're trying to do the best with what little they have left. The lies continue. Bernstein said, we're moving on the right track, but we have a lot more work to do. In other words, please reelect us so we can screw you for the following four years. Consumers dealing with interest rates that remain high to combat Joe Biden's massive inflation think otherwise. You're listening to the Truth Hurts program. Switching gears. Remember when I warned you during the campaign four years ago that Joe Biden would open the borders and allow rapists, child molesters, human traffickers, drug cartels, terrorists into our country? And the Biden administration said, oh, no, we've got a handle on the border. We know about all those criminals and we're doing what we can to send the criminals back. Well, with a five to one or even a 15 to one gotaway versus caught ratio, a lot of criminals have crossed our southern border and we don't even know they are here. Now, I've been told that that's a lie by people who love them some Joe Biden. Illegal immigrant rapists here in the USA? Biden and his goons claim it isn't happening. We all know they're wrong. They're dead wrong. ICE agents, Immigration and Customs Enforcement agents, arrested a Brazilian national named Saulo Cardona Ferreira, who entered the United States illegally. He's wanted in Brazil for failing to serve a prison sentence after he was convicted of raping a five-year-old child. The arrest by ICE of Ferreira happened in Martha's Vineyard. Ooh, that's near where Barack Hussein Obama lives. He's being held in custody until he appears before an immigration judge. That will likely happen in an expeditious fashion. Not. The incident is part of a much larger issue as Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has confirmed a significant number of gotaways have entered the United States without going through official checkpoints or even making contact with Border Patrol officers. Gotaways are the ones we don't catch. It is said that for every one illegal, trespassing, law-breaking, criminal, invading migrant we catch, between 5 and 15 get away. That's a lot of people. Considering the fact that we already have on the record since Joe Biden took office 5.5 million illegals that we've encountered. And if the 15 to 1 ratio is accurate, we have probably seen 88 million illegals crossing our southern border since Joe Biden took office. Now we can add to that the 11 million that Barack Hussein Obama said were here his first year in office. He served a total of eight years. And if one million got through during the eight years, and we know that number is higher, 
we could possibly have as many as 150 million illegal trespassing law-breaking immigrants in our nation of 332 million lawful citizens. You want to know why the food banks are empty? You want to know why the prices of everything have gone up? Demand has gone up because of all of the illegals in this country. The undocumented non-citizen unlawfully entered the United States on an unknown date at an unknown location without being inspected or admitted by an immigration official, the report read. Wow, they really took the scenic route on that one. That actual document should read, the illegal, criminal, trespassing, law-breaking, child-raping, convicted, convict, invading immigrant illegally, unlawfully, criminally trespassed into the United States on an unknown date because Joe Biden's immigration policy let him through, through an unknown, unmonitored, unenforced location without being caught, detained, interviewed, vetted, inspected, or admitted by an immigration official. But that's how Biden's border works. It doesn't work. The shame of it all is Joe Biden likely does not even know the damage that he has caused and continues to cause as president. Biden's 81st birthday ushered in even more conversations surrounding his age and his decline in cognitive acuity. Texas Republican Representative Dr. Ronnie Jackson, a former White House physician, believes that these are valid reasons for concern. Jackson said, quote, the decline is happening quickly. I've taken care of three presidents, so I know firsthand what it takes to be the commander-in-chief and the head of state. It's a grueling job, both mentally and physically. This man, Biden, cannot do the job. He has proven to us every single day that he can't do the job, and this is going to get worse. Ronnie Jackson is a physician, a medical doctor who served under Bush, Obama, and Trump. He previously sounded the alarm over Biden's cognitive acuity and the decline. He demanded that Biden take a cognitive test or drop out of the 2024 race. Jackson says the decline has been evident for some time, looking back on Biden as a candidate before the 2020 matchup between him and Trump. And he said, quote, it's just unbelievable how much he has degenerated just during his time in office. We cannot afford to have this man in office for the remainder of this term. And then for another four years after that, he's already putting us at great risk right now. Meanwhile, young voters who the Democrats are counting on to push the old guy over the top in 2024 are lamenting that the president is out of touch with everyone as his support among Generation Z voters, a crucial demographic for Democrats, erodes massively in recent polls. Dr. Jackson, the representative, listed series of concerns he has with the direction of the country, starting with the crisis at the border, international tensions, and the disastrous Biden economy. He said, quote, look at the wars we're getting drawn into, things that wouldn't happen if Donald Trump were there because our enemies don't fear us anymore. They've no respect for us anymore, and our adversaries don't trust us anymore, and it's because we don't have leadership in the White House that we need. It's because this man, even if he wanted to, he cannot provide that leadership. He's not physically and cognitively fit for office anymore, and somebody in his inner circle needs to step up to the plate and make him aware of this, and he needs to move on for the safety and security of this country." Unquote. Biden is failing on all fronts, crime, illegal immigration, the economy, the green energy lie, the two wars we should not be involving ourselves in, the drug trade, it goes on and on and on. 
But unfortunately, we don't have time to go on and on for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. So we're going to cut it off right here, and we'll see you next time. Make it a great day. Well, howdy, friends. This here is the Colonel. Y'all know I can't say my full name on account of I still don't want to get sued by the giant corporation that controls every aspect of my post-death existence. But I ain't here to talk about lawyers and courtrooms. <laughs> That's all for Mr. Trump and his lawyers to deal with. I'm here today because you're broke and you don't want to admit it. The cost of turkey and fixings is up this year again, all thanks to another white-haired, white-privileged multimillionaire. You know the feller, Joe Biden. His economy basically sucks and you're paying the price. He'll pardon one turkey this year, but he won't pardon Donald. And your tax dollars will pay for him and all of his cartel members, uh, 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 crime family, to feast like royalty this year while you dig into couch cushions for enough change to hopefully get a small bird and some stuffing. Well, that's a shame. This year, my friends, the Colonel has a special Thanksgiving deal that you might want to consider. We've been piling up all those chicken necks and livers and eyeballs and gizzards and brains and even some chicken feet all year long in our warehouses. And instead of boiling them all down for dog food, we've decided to help out all the victims of Bidenomics. For a limited time, we're cooking down all those chicken parts, tossing in some of our famous spices and herbs and a little bit of gelatin. And then we're using a giant chicken nugget extruder to push out the Colonel's special fowl loaf just in time for your holiday feast. We can shape it like a turkey if you'd like, with some of our gravy powder sprinkled on top, your fowl loaf can almost look like a baked turkey. So come on down to one of our chicken joints and order your fowl loaf just in time for your holiday feast. Sure, illegal immigrants will eat better in those fancy hotels in New York City, but that's just a sacrifice you'll have to make for being a taxpaying American citizen. This here's a colonel saying bye-bye for now. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Thank you for listening. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program was pre-recorded.